Welcome, everybody. Um, so, uh, this week we're continuing, uh, well, we're finishing, actually, as the last in our series uh, that we started at Easter. Uh, we've um, been looking at the resurrection uh, through to the ascension, everything that Jesus did, and we thought, we can't finish on the ascension because Pentecost is so exciting. Um, so, this week we have uh, the, uh, Pentecost, and uh, I'll be reading uh, from Acts uh, chapter 2 uh, in a second. Um, so... Give me a thumbs up if you are ready to go on. (laughs) Found it in your Bible. I've got one over there and a thumbs up over there. Perfect. We're ready to go. Okay. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Figra and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter Standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. These people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. That means about nine o'clock in the morning. This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapour of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes." the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. 
God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. I'm just going to skip uh, through ten verses uh, to uh, the end of this, uh, this preach um, that Peter gives in verse 36. It's, he concludes, uh, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus who you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and Peter and the rest of the uh, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "Brothers, what shall we do?" And Peter said to them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off." Everyone who the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Okay. So. As I said, this is uh, the last uh, that we're doing in this little series that we've been doing since Easter. Uh, We've looked at the road to Emmaus. Uh, We spent quite a lot of time in the end of John. Um, So that includes uh, the passage in John chapter 20 where Jesus uh, gives uh, the disciples the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then last week, uh, Emma uh, shared with us uh, about the ascension. Um, and uh, this kind of last Q&A that the disciples have with Jesus. Uh, they're asking him a question about uh, the kingdom and how, how Jesus is going to bring the kingdom, and he says, uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, um, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come on you. And this is what they're waiting for, what we've just read. So uh, we have uh, the wind filling the room. We have divided tongues of fire uh, that rests on each one of them but doesn't burn them. And then they go out onto the street uh, praising and worshipping God. And there's a festival on, the festival of Pentecost, uh, and there are people from all over the known world. Um, Luke gives us that list of uh, all the places that people are gathered, uh, Jewish people are gathered for this festival um, to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate together. And they're all hearing uh, these Galileans uh, speak in their own languages. And they're saying, what, what, what is this? What's going on? And then Peter speaks to them all, and uh, he talks about Jesus. He talks about everything that has happened over the last month and a bit amount of time. And he really doesn't pull any punches. It's a pretty, you know, direct, it's pretty direct what he's saying. And he quotes as part of that from the prophet Joel, and there's a kind of zooming out big picture, uh, what's God doing in the course of human history moment there. And the Holy Spirit confirms Peter's words to the crowd. About 3,000 of them are saved. And after this festival's over, uh, we would imagine that they would all be going back uh, to all those places uh, that um, are listed uh, and talking about you know, what happened at the festival, what happened when you went to Jerusalem to, Pentecost, to the festival of Pentecost. And these conversations would be happening in synagogues all over the known world. Well, you never know what I saw. <laughs> There's this guy, he, t- he stood up and he talked about Jesus. 
there's a lot that could be said about this passage. Um, I find it actually quite intimidating preparing for talking to you guys today um, because it's so central. It's such a key passage and so many of you will probably have heard it spoken on lots of times before. But what I felt the Holy Spirit put on my heart to uh, share with you for this morning is just summarised in one word. That word is clarity. The Holy Spirit brings clarity. So before I talk about that in the context of this passage that we're looking at today, I just want to say a little bit of my own story. So many of you will know that my background is that I work as a chemist. I do research in drug discovery and uh, I work here in Hatfield in some labs on the business park. And um, a lot of what I do, a lot of it's in the lab, uh, doing experiments, but as is the case, for, I think, for all scientists, we work with a lot of data. And we spend a lot of time thinking very hard about the data that we're getting from our experiments. And I think something that's common to all scientists is we really want this eureka moment. We want to be looking at the results we're getting from our experiments and getting clarity out of fog. Realising that the data that we're getting is is not just random noise. Um, This is actually telling me something. And then you work out, what is it telling me? And there's a real buzz that you get from that. I geek out on that. Um, But since university days, I've been realising more and more that what I do is really closely related uh, with my faith. So I went to university thinking, uh, you know, I'll get a chemical education. I'm doing a degree in chemistry. But from the very first week, connecting with the Christian Union, uh, going to church, uh, God made it really clear that he wanted to do something alongside my degree, alongside my formal education, teaching me about himself. And the thing that the Holy Spirit does is he brings revelation. You get understanding from the Holy Spirit of things that you would never have worked out for yourself. And that was really exciting, and it still is. But particularly at that beginning time of my being at university, being away from home for the first time, and just week after week, just being like, wow, I never knew that about you, God. I never knew that about Jesus. I never knew how, what walking with the Holy Spirit really felt like. And actually that inspired me in what I was studying as well, because actually, just I, I happen to find chemistry really interesting. I know most people don't, um, but I love it. And it's a window into seeing the things that God has already made. If in my career, the most outstanding contribution that I could ever make in chemistry, and I don't expect I will make one that's particularly incredible, but... Even if I did, that is only thinking a thought that God had at the dawn before time was even made. You're just thinking his thoughts after him. 
So that clarity came week after week. And it excited me so much. Everything that I was recognising as beautiful was pointing me to God. It was pointing me to Jesus. So when we look at this, uh, this scripture here, the first thing that we read about uh, is wind and fire. These are not necessarily the first things that we would imagine to think about when we're pointing to clarity, but look at what happens next. The disciples are spilling out onto the street and they're speaking praises to God. And it sounds like a, it sounds like a cacophony. It sounds like a terrible din to some people. Uh, they even accuse them of being drunk. Uh, but for others, they heard incredible praises to God in their own language from people who'd never learnt it. These are people from Galilee. It's hardly a hub of education. But then Peter stands up to speak, and he just talks to them about Jesus. He talks about how events of the previous big festival, when uh, lots of the Jews have been gathered together in Jerusalem, that was the festival of Passover. These things were all part, that happened with Jesus, were all part of God's plan, as revealed in the Hebrew Scriptures. So he's talking to Jews here. So there are loads of references. Uh, he starts out talking to men of Israel. There's a whole section. I, you know, I, I skipped those. I said I skipped those ten verses. Those those verses are a lot uh, speaking about King David. He addresses uh, the house of Israel, and all of this actually comes out. It all links in uh, to what Emma brought last week, because. In, just before the ascension, the disciples are asking a question of Jesus, when will you restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus' answer is expansive. So they're asking a question just about Israel. Jesus' answer says, you wait for the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But here we are, that's actually, by the way, an outline actually for this in chapter one, that's an outline for the whole of the rest of the book of Acts, if you read it. Um, We'll get back to that. Um, So here we are in Jerusalem. He talks about the greatest king, King David. He tells them about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, and he links all of this up for them. And Peter doesn't get this clarity just from his own understanding. If he'd got it all, he wouldn't have been there just before the ascension with the other disciples asking this question of Jesus. But minutes earlier, the Holy Spirit had inspired praise from the disciples that they hadn't worked out themselves in languages that they'd never learnt. And the Holy Spirit was causing those that heard that to understand what they were hearing and to marvel at it. And now, the Holy Spirit inspiring Peter to join up these key events in Jewish history and speak them with authority that was given to him by the Holy Spirit. Things that he didn't work out himself. He could never have sat down ahead of this day and worked it all out in his own understanding. And then the Holy Spirit is causing those listening to understand the same clarity 
that they heard the praises of God in their own languages, in their own local languages. They're now hearing with this clarity that Jesus' death, his resurrection, his ascension, has placed him on the throne as king, just as God has planned. And their choice is clear, to accept Jesus as king uh, or to reject that. And the Spirit spoke with so much clarity that they were cut to the heart and 3,000 people were baptised and added to the number of of believers that day. So if you're a Christian and you have this personal relationship uh, with Jesus, that happened because the Holy Spirit brought clarity for you. Many of us here have stories of how somebody speaking to us about Jesus became so personally real and so clear that it was if, even if it was something like this, where somebody stand at the front and speaking to you, maybe there were hundreds of other people, even thousands of other people, but it was like the person that was speaking about Jesus was speaking just to you. Telling us, just us, about Jesus, how much he cares for, how much he loves us. And the experience of the Holy Spirit bringing clarity is personal, it's unique. But it's also the experience of the people in Jerusalem that day. But it's not a unique experience just to Jerusalem, that clarity that the Holy Spirit brings. As I said, the book of Acts, you can summarise it around that framework of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we see in Samaria, in Acts chapter 8, the Holy Spirit is poured out on Samaritans. In two chapters later, Acts chapter 10, uh, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit is bringing in each of those Um, situations, revelation of Jesus, when the believers share the good news about Jesus, they baptise, they pray, they lay hands, and the Holy Spirit comes and brings that revelation. The idea of the Holy Spirit bringing clarity is not just limited to this book in Acts, Uh, The very first person that we uh, read about uh, right back in Genesis, uh, who's described as being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, is uh, Joseph. And uh, Joseph is in Egypt, and he's described as having the Spirit of God on him, actually by Pharaoh, because he understood things that God had showed him, not that he'd worked out himself. He's very honest with Pharaoh about that. He, Pharaoh has these dreams, and he's in there saying to Pharaoh, I, I'm not going to get this myself, but I know somebody who will. And the, it, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit reveals that to him, things that he couldn't have worked out himself. And he was the first of many who had similar experiences of this res, re, revelation of God. It wouldn't have worked without the Holy Spirit. The disciples recount the stories of what happened when they were with Jesus. And they're very honest about the times that they didn't get it. But the Holy Spirit is available for everyone. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit is poured out and the disciples are remembering all of the things that happened when they were with Jesus. And they're going, oh 
got the Holy Spirit in me now. I can understand this. And they write their Gospels out of that place of excitement that the Holy Spirit is showing them things. All they had to do was to pray and to ask. So if it's okay with you guys, I think that's what it would be good to do now. Um, Robin and Sarah, if you could come up. We're just going to pray. We're going to ask that the Holy Spirit brings revelation of who he is. Um, So if you're able to, if you could stand uh, with me. I just want to pray. It might be that this morning uh, was the first time uh, that you heard about Jesus, the fact that he can be your friend, the fact that he is the one who was crucified, was resurrected and ascended and is king and can be your king and you can live in the security of that. If you've never heard that and the Holy Spirit is just on your heart, revealing that truth to you, it would just be brilliant if you could uh, come forward uh, uh, during this this last song and um, you wouldn't be the only people coming forward. There are a few other things as well. Um, uh, yeah, it would just be amazing just to, for you to just give your life to Jesus. The other thing I felt that would be really good, um, maybe like... You feel a bit like the disciples in those moments of frustration when they were with Jesus. I don't quite get this. I need the Holy Spirit to show me. All we have to do is pray and ask. And he will do that. I also feel like there's a bit in in Scripture that says, Um, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. There's been some mourning in the church for sad things that have been going on and quite rightfully we feel some of that. But this morning I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to bring his joy. The other night I was sat in my back garden, it was beautifully warm and uh, had Dom round And we were just sharing stories about things that God was doing. And we were saying, God's laughing. He loves us. He loves to do good things with us. So if you want more of the joy of God, come forward to the front as well. So I'm just going to pray, and and then I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to make space, because we want to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So God, I thank you that you are the God of revelation. Thank you that you died, you resurrected, and you're ascended on high, Lord Jesus, sat down at the right hand of God as king. Thank you for the security that gives us and for the excitement that there is in being able to know you personally and walk with you. And I pray this morning that for all of us that want more of that, that we would just experience you and we would know your love and your power at work in our lives. Amen.